Hey guys, and welcome to the Movement Docs Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Mike. And we're just two guys who want to help students and clinicians grow in the field of rehab. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, and welcome to episode six of the Movement Docs Podcast. Uh, today's guest is going to be Phil Wilkerson from the Positive Filter Podcast. Uh, he's a pretty good friend of mine and a really awesome guy. Uh, Phil is a hometown native from Alexandria, Virginia. He's 32, 32 years old and lives in Burke with his wife Maggie and son Bennett. He currently works at a public Virginia state institution as a regional transfer counselor for the Northern Virginia area. He's a member of Alpha Pi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated and hosts of the podcast Positive Filter. The podcast focuses on how to face life's challenges with a positive attitude. His personal motto is, without preparation, your goals and dreams are merely an illusion and not a reality, as well as the belief that through positive thinking, anything is possible. Phil, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to give a shout out, you know, the, it was Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And uh, another shout out is that that was uh, the bio that I used for our, our, our banquet. So I'm not going to lie, like I wrote that real quick. I just copied and pasted uh, the same bio <laughs> that I had. Um, and, you know, with the personal motto and everything, which I still believe is a personal motto, but, you know, this sounds so scripted. <laughs> I want to give the listeners out there that, you know, that I, I definitely uh, will use that bio for multiple introductions for the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> So thank you for having me on the podcast. Oh, yeah, man. We, we're really happy that uh, we can have you on tonight. Um, and just a little fun fact for Mike, I don't know if you know this, but Phil actually just crossed here pretty recently into the Alphas. Oh, yeah. I did not so, know that. Anything's possible. And uh, word, to the, word to the wise, uh, doing things, difficult things, make sure that you have a supportive wife, uh, particularly... <laughs> Uh, when you do difficult things like uh, joining fraternity or also in general when you want to do uh, where, where me and Jacob met each other through powerlifting. Uh, things mm. that take you out of the home, make sure you have support, a support system. So, so um, but like I said, anything is possible. Uh, you can do anything you want to do with, uh, with, with time and uh, a lot of preparation. I don't know, that was a random sidebar, but... You know, <laughs> Phil, you can't you can't give all of your secrets away yet. We yeah, haven't even asked. I know. I'm already going into it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> about to get deep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. So, uh, Mike, what are we what are we gonna talk about today? Yeah. So we're gonna be talking a lot about the power of positivity. And as you've heard from a couple of snippets already, uh, we're hoping we can explore this concept and really delve into that. Uh, we're hoping we can talk a little bit about Phil's background and how he got started with his podcast, A Positive Filter. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about some of Phil's realizations, some mind explosions and different experiences that he's had with positivity. Uh, and maybe even gleam some different ways that we can practice positivity in our life uh, to just be general, overall good people. Uh, we may deviate from that a little bit, talking a little bit about grad school again uh, and getting into grad school from the other side of things. So from Phil's bio, 
Uh, we've heard that Phil's a regional transfer counselor, and so we're hoping we can discuss some of the things that he looks at in applications and different ways that uh, we can kind of stand out if you're applying to grad schools and all those kinds of things. And of course, we do have all these plans and all these grandiose plans and different things we want to talk, out, talk about, but I'm sure we'll derail and talk about whiskey or bourbon, shenanigans, any other kind of random things, as is normal on this podcast. But that is a general overview of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, it sounds it sounds good. Um, so, Phil, I know we talked a little bit about you already, but is there anything else that you would like to kind of add and maybe talk a little bit about who you are? And um, uh, not well, I would say so. I kind of like want to give a little background, maybe how we met each other, Jacob, uh, uh, through powerlifting, which I haven't done in a while. What I want to get into, but um, uh, you know, I, I definitely. Uh, love when when we were hitting the platform together and 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 doing powerlifting so that's definitely was a special hobby of mine which i'm trying to get back into um and we can talk about a uh, little bit because i think this is great about you know what you guys are doing as physical therapists um how at least physical therapy has got me from not being in pain but what my next step is uh in regards to actually now getting back to lifting which i really like to do so you know that that it in addition to all the positivity and the things that I'm doing a podcast, we could maybe maybe briefly talk about uh, lifting because I love I, I definitely miss lifting uh, in that capacity. All right, well, why don't we why don't we start with that? So um, I'm trying to remember when we met. I know it was through 100% raw. 100%, um, yeah. And you, so you trained at CrossFit Annandale with Fred. Yeah, with Fred and okay. uh, briefly sometimes uh, Brian. Uh, Herschler, he would come and visit and whatnot. Um, okay. But yeah, it was, my, it was mainly Fred. Uh, me and Fred were buddies. Um, we, I mean, obviously we're, we're still buddies right now. Um, but he was the one that uh, got me into doing 100% raw powerlifting meets. Because I, I, I typically would do uh, USAPL mm -hmm. um, lifting meets, but I'd do both um, because I like the fact that uh, there was more powerlifting meets for 100% raw, as in like more frequent meets and they were also more local um in woodbridge or whatnot so it was a it was a good thing to do a couple of those in between my usapl meets and that's how i met you guys and the crew and you know the unofficial became the fam hashtag the uh, fam. shout out to the fam hashtag the fam <laughs> shout out to uh, to the other guys in that like dennis and ray um who else in there dennis ray brian ethan do you, fred and do james yeah, good people good good people so um and that's how we met you know lifting and i think that uh as we become adults you know we're not in in in, in school anymore you kind of meet people through shared hobbies you know so obviously with lifting or or uh now this podcast world um make new friends and stuff and shared hobbies so you know it's been been great to get to know people through those through those shared hobbies yeah it it, it's it's interesting, Mike. If you've never seen Phil deadlift, um, <laughs> especially if he's on the platform, the man like literally lets out this like battle cry and then just like runs up to the bar and yanks it off the ground. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. It's a yeah. It's worth, yeah. It's worth Maybe put that in the show notes. It's borderline uh, crazy and it's got me a reputation. I've actually quite out. Uh, there have been people where I've gone to other meets. And they've called me the screaming guy. And I tried to, I was like, yo, first of all, it's a yell. It's a yell. I have a, I have a man's voice. But now that I watch it, it's like, yeah, it's pretty high pitch. And it sounds like a scream. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
no base. So, um, but I need to get back to that. That that was that's definitely something where uh, I get out of my character to uh, to lift weights, and it, it was fun. It, it it was it was fun to like let loose. I felt like I was letting loose when I do that. So, it's funny too because yeah. we. Um, Everybody like in our in our little Facebook group like hashtag the fam and all the guys that, that lifted in 100% raw and we kind of met each other um, through there like what Phil was talking about before. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while we'll have these like random threads where like we just kind of go off on crazy tangents. And there was there was one infamous one where um, I kind of dissected everyone's like deadlift setup. And because I mean yeah. mine everyone laughs at me because I've got the spirit fingers before. I, you do spirit fingers, fingers, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have called them jazz hands. That's not correct. Spear finger. But uh, for some uh, okay. reason, I like did, you know, one of just me being like me. Uh, I wrote some like backstory on like how when Phil's screaming, it's because he's like uh, avenging like the death of Mufasa. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. filled with rage because he hates Scar so much. Which, yeah. Like, you know. Probably isn't as funny as it was like in the moment in the thread, but <laughs> no, I no because I still remember I used to say uh, I say forget Mufasa. That's the edited version. Oh forget yeah, yeah. Mufasa. <laughs> and, I, and I would say that over and over and over again. Like every time I get mad, it's like man, forget Mufasa. You know, so like so, but but uh, you know, good things, good good good. Now you just make me like remember uh, that. Uh, I need to get back to lifting and get back to that because that was that was definitely one of my my favorite things to do was basically yell and <laughs> scare people. And <laughs> it's interesting too because if it wasn't for us knowing each other through that capacity, like meeting through powerlifting, and um, I don't know that honestly this podcast would be going because over the summer when Mike and I were talking about like you know hey we should do a podcast, Phil was the guy that I reached out to and was like dude. You're the only person I know personally that has one. What did you do? How do you do it? What do you recommend? And he shot me a bunch of, you know, like some YouTube videos, um, some web pages, stuff to read, and then also a bunch of like uh, links to stuff that he had bought on Amazon, like microphone wise, uh, recorder wise, and kind of walked me through how he did his whole process. And so that definitely like pushed me in the direction of like, you know, we're we're gonna do this. And if, like I said, Phil, if it wasn't for you, I don't think we would be here in this moment because I don't, oh, I don't think that Mike and I would have would have gone through with it. Yeah. Well, well it's playing for it because um, on the flip side, uh, as I told you, um, I had like a podcast mentor. Shout out to Dean Bakari, um, the host of The Meaningful Show. And I learned about him through my friend Sam Nang. And he literally did the same thing, which is, you know what I'm saying, playing, paying it forward. I literally just asked him all the questions you asked me, and he just helped me. So I feel like with 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 the podcasting thing, you know, it's just like you know, you know, reach one, teach one. You know, like it's you know, if someone helped you, you have the kind of obligation to help someone else. And like I said, he knew more than I did, and and that's usually how things go, right? Like when you want to learn or want to do something new, or do something creative, or do something you don't want to do. I feel like um, people are the best resource. You just ask them, you know, like. How'd you do it? And and you just learn from other people. So basically, you know, if it's a train of thought, man, shout out to Dean because he helped me and then I was able to help you. And I bet somewhere down the line, someone's going to ask you about how to do a podcast and you can help them. So, you know, there's all a chain about helping each other. And uh, 
you know, helping other people because you know where they, when they want to start something, you know how it felt when you wanted to start something. Yeah. Now, it's kind of a throwback to some other conversations we've had with other guests on the show that, uh, Mike, I think it was CJ De Palma, the movement doctor, who said yeah. that, you know, never, never be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Always try and surround yourself with people that are better than you at different things. And I mean, I, I know that that's true, definitely in the powerlifting, lifting world, right? You always want to train in the gym where people are stronger than you. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're at that top level, you're like the Eric Lillybridges or like the, you know, Milanachevs of the world or Dmitry Klokov or, um, you know, Ben Smith. And uh, what's the other, what's the dude's name, Matt? Uh, who, won, who won? Matt Frazier. Matt Frazier, yeah. If you're, yeah. Unless you're those guys in like strength sports or like Brian Shaw. Um, you definitely don't want to be the strongest or the most conditioned person in the room. Mm-hmm. So, no, I love for people. Yeah. yeah. And Phil, I love what you just said too about reach one, teach one, you know, that like yeah. reciprocation, pay it forward kind of thing. I just, I think that's so awesome. It actually made me think, uh, so I went to uh, undergrad at Ithaca college in upstate New York. And so Ithaca is like a, a very, uh, very liberal town, I guess. Uh, it's almost like yeah. a, a Woodstock in a way. Yeah. Um, very people are very free there, but, um, they have this bicycle shop that's downtown. And, uh, if you have like a bike that breaks down or anything like that, uh, you can go to them and they'll, they'll help you fix up your bike and kind of show you some things and you don't have to pay for it. The only thing that you have to do is spend an hour of your time teaching somebody else how to fix their bike. And so you oh, kind of, wow. yeah. But how do they monitor, how do they monitor that? They, you stay there and you help someone else's bike or how do you, how do you, how do they know that or is the honor code? They just know that you're going to do it later on in life. Yeah, it's mostly, it. mostly honor code system. And so oh, okay. you, you kind of just, you go sure in. people do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just cool. You know, it's just. Honestly, I mean, I think that's great because obviously the the more, one, I think, not saying a marketing straight business way, but, you know, obviously, you know, they know that it's going to have a greater impact than someone just coming in and coming out, you know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even the person that, like, you help someone else for an hour, they're going to say, how would you learn how to do this? And you're going to tell them about that bike shop so that word of mouth spreads, you know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. It's probably a really good strategy to, you know, have people feel involved in their in their in their process of helping make a bike, because mm-hmm. then they'll tell other people about their place. Yeah. Um, so. So going back to. Uh, so we're we gonna. Go, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, go ahead, Phil. No, I was gonna say we're gonna go back to like how we started. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, back to what you were saying before, though. You mentioned something about physical therapy and not being able to lift, and I was gonna. Yeah. I was curious as to what what was going on with that. Um, so, uh, about a year ago, so I haven't lifted seriously competitively for about a year. I was in the gym doing overhead press and I don't know if I messed up or slipped or whatever. And I just felt a shooting pain down my, 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 my neck and my arm. And then the next day I just couldn't lift my neck and my whole arm was going numb. And it was just the most painful thing I've ever felt. I couldn't even sit up. And it just lingered and lingered and lingered and come to find out I had a herniated disc in my neck and like my C6, C5, one of those C's. It's it's up there, <laughs> C4 or 5, whatever. I don't know, C something. <laughs> and what happened is that herniated disc had pinched a nerve really bad. Um, so, and I didn't find this out for months, like not months, but like I kept on putting it off. And uh, come to find out um, I had to do an MRI to tell us that I had a pinched nerve. And then I had to start physical therapy with Commonwealth Orthopedics, which shout out, they have done really well. They've helped me when I had a wrist surgery. So they're just my go-to people. And um, 
I had to do dry needling and massages and stretches to open up. And uh, I think that the, the herniated, it was a slip disc or herniated disc. It slipped back in, but it still presents problems where I still haven't felt 100% to, to go hard, you know, buck wild. You know, I'd say the most, I used to pull 575 and deadlift, and the most I've pulled since has been five, 425. So I'm not there yet, but um, it was quite painful, and it took a while because they said with, with the slip disc, it wasn't like it magically would just overnight. I had to do the stretches. I had to go. I had to do a bunch of dry needling sessions, which I really, you know, I ain't going to lie like I'm addicted to needles, but it feels great. When it happens, you know? <laughs> dry needling feels really good um, after it's done. It feels so those things. But um, it was it was quite frustrating because uh, before I had physical therapy, which, you know, I'm proud that you guys are doing that. It just wasn't getting better on its own, you know. Um, I, I actually needed that assistance. I needed the, uh, a ther- you know, someone that's trained, uh, such as you guys, to like really help me, uh, you know, work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I was also kind of curious, like, yo, what would people do without physical, like, before, like, if I pinched my nerve, like, if I was like a farmer back in the day, like, I'd probably like been like lost my job or something, because like, that, you know without this kind of trained um, assistance, what did people do back in the day? So so shout out to all the physical therapists now because like you're no seriously like you're you're helping people get back to a quality of life that I don't think a lot of people realize that, you know, they couldn't have done back in the day, you know? Like if you had like a torn ACL, I mean, whoop you know, you know, womp, womp, you just had a you had a limp for the rest of your life, you know? I mean there's certainly there's certainly people so, that can can cope and um, you know, deal with stuff like that. And it's not to say that you won't, your body won't heal itself. Like your, your body's pretty, pretty good at fixing itself. And, um, but with certainly with things like that, that are very painful, uh, and it can be very mm-hmm. debilitating and it's nice to have someone to kind of like, you know, guide you along the process of healing and, you know, give you some tips and tricks mm-hmm. for, for ways to feel better, or, um, maybe speed that process along, facilitate it a little bit better. So, but yeah, that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. I'm glad you have a positive PT experience because it you're really awkward right now if, if yeah. you were just like, yeah, PT sucks or something like that. <laughs> no, no, it's they, the worst. Really helpful. <laughs> no, I know, right? I'm on like a positive, like I'm on a, a PT podcast. I'm like, kind of like crap all over it. That's pretty. <laughs> I don't think that'd be productive to you, what you're trying to do. You'll probably have to mute my mic. But, no, um, we, we would just edit you out in post, no, post production. Just chop that 30 seconds off. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, they, it was really helpful. I mean, I still have to go a couple times. I, I, I still periodically go. Um, I haven't gone, I haven't gone since September, but I think that I was trying to go at least once a month um, just to kind of get some assistance and stuff like that. So, sure, you know, you know, and uh, like you said, the bedside manner that, you know, maybe if it was a different experience with different people, um, it'd probably be different, but everyone that's worked on me um, has been really nice. Like everyone at Commonwealth Orthopedics, um, Heather and, and Joanne, which they probably don't listen. I probably have to like, I had their email, so I'll probably send them this podcast to get, tell them though I gave them a shout out, but they were definitely really like, I remember a couple episodes uh, in your podcast, you know, it's not just helping people um, physically. It's, you know, they were, you know, we'd have conversations when they gave me these needles and um, the bedside manner, you know, they, it, it made, like you said, it made it a very positive experience, not just because of actually helping me feel better, but they're also just nice people. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for all the clinicians out there too, you know, it's not always about being the smartest and knowing everything. It's also about how well do you connect with people and, and, and make people feel good because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of this too is, you know, people coming to you injured, um, what, what your, your bedside manner makes a difference. So, uh, I think the positive experience of that was not just that they made me feel better, but they were also very, all of them were very nice people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 that and that's been a, a that's been a pretty yeah. big theme throughout a lot of the people that we've talked with. Um, I, mean, I know yeah. we've hit on the fact that like PT is, is a service profession, right? I mean, we're basically, we're, we're, we're offering services constantly, right? A large part of what we do is communicating with people. And if you can't, if you can't like bond with the person in front of you and like look at them as a like a whole person and try to treat the person and not just get caught up in like oh you know Phil walked in and it was just a herniated you know disc a cervical disc and if I just looked at your diagnosis and just treated your diagnosis completely ignored you as a person right you wouldn't have the success that you have so you know <clears throat> part of that bedside manner being nice being respectful and like caring about you and investing in you as a person is is a big part of the profession. And um, I think a lot of times people lose sight of that. You know, you get hung up in school or if you've been working in the, in the mm-hmm. field for a while and you, you kind of lose that, um, you get a little stale and stagnant. Yeah. But, so let's, uh, let's circle back a little bit to your podcast. Mm-hmm. And maybe even a little okay. bit before that, I don't know if this is something we had on our list, but it's something that is near and dear to my heart. And that would be the Ill Phil Awards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so um, I think, yeah, you know, you're talking about the origin of everything or how things started um, or the, this quote unquote positivity movement that I was, I, when I say movement, but you know, this, 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 this mantra, this mindset that I've had, um, it all dates back to a random May uh, May, was it, this is two, 2015, I believe. Um, so I work in higher ed, I work for a higher ed institution and, um, I help assist students that are interested in transferring to the school I'm at. So while I was working at this, uh, uh, working a normal day, I was making certificates and they were like, you know, congratulations, you got accepted to, um, the school that I work for. Uh, and I was just making certificates and I was bored and I definitely do a lot of random stuff when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I just started saying, you know what, let me just fill in my name. Like instead of saying, you know, whatever I said, it'll fill awards and I'm just going to hand them out to coworkers. Like just because I like my coworkers and I just wanted to break the monotony of the day, mm-hmm. I'm going to hand these certificates to my coworkers and I'm going to like be super cheesy about it. I'm going to embarrass them. I'm going to yell in their office and be like, congratulations, you won. Like <laughs> you didn't win anything. Um, so, and uh, so I, you know, and I try to like, I would say all my coworkers, I try to find a fact about them. Like, you know, if they went to Penn State, uh, you're my Penn State friend or something like that. Something that was unique about that person. And so I just started handing these out to my coworkers and one guy thought it was a funny idea was to take a picture of me handing them out and like doing like the like the uh, award photo where you shake someone's hand and like hand them an award. And I was like, this is awesome. This is so funny. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Kinko's and I'm going to print out a hundred of these <laughs> on hard cardstock. 
like real paper, and I'm gonna just hand them out to people out in the street, or like not street, but like my neighbors, my friends. Uh, um, um, I just hand them out to people, and I started handing them out to people and posting on Facebook and and using a hashtag. And then um, I was like, well, I have friends that don't live here, so I'll mail them to them too. So I started mailing them to people, and and. And then I was like, you know what? This is a way of me just showing appreciation because all the people I did this for were people that meant something to me. And I was like, you know, let me let me find a way to like make a note. So I made like a little letter that went with it that said, you know, you mean a lot to me. You're appreciated. Just this is just a small token of my appreciation for your friendship. Um, and um, you know. I, I want to live the mantra that, you know, you don't give your flowers when someone passes away. You give your flowers while they're alive. Oh. And just kind of just just a way to just say, hey, this is a way to show appreciation. So I just kind of started doing it. And, it, and it, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it was fun for me. You know, like for me, doing it, it, it showed that I appreciate other people, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, okay, they'll fill awards. Uh, I used the hashtag. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe... Uh, since I have a little small platform on social media, which I really don't, I'm not famous, but I have a small, like people like will look on my social media. I was like, well, why don't I use my social media to exhibit positivity? Uh, you know, things that like, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want in life and, and, and then I'll hashtag he'll fill awards uh, or, you know, uh, and so I try to make a, a, a conscious effort to like, when I was posting on Facebook to, to say something positive, and then I already pre-existingly had a YouTube channel where I'd post my lifting videos and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? Maybe um, I'll just post little mini, um, I, I wouldn't call them lectures, but little rants, little mini rants in my car. Um, and I, I'll, I'll call them random ramblings of Philip Wilkerson <laughs> and talk about positive things and little life things that I've learned, um, not to say I know everything, um, and from doing that in my car, I was like, well, I guess people are tired of looking at my face and these rants are kind of, they, they, they make sense. But, you know, no, I'm just sitting in my car and I'm just talking. So let me, let me find a different avenue. So I was like, well, I'm already talking and, it's, you know, I'm not really doing much in a video. But if I'm talking on a mic, then I might as well do a podcast. And literally, that's, that's, that literally was my train of thought. Like that's how I went there from, from awards to an actual podcast. And, and what that goes to show is, like, I, I don't have everything always planned out in my head. I just kind of do something. And then I say, okay, I want to try something different. And I try something different. And then I try something different. Um, and that's how it brought me to actually having a podcast. And, and the whole journey has been fun. I still do the Ill Phil Awards. I still mail them out to people. <laughs> Um, I still give them out to people. As a matter of fact, I gave one out to uh, the, the my dean, who was uh, my dean, for, aka you know the guy that brought me into the fraternity, helped me with the fraternity, and uh, he was just like, "This is like this is so corny, but like I love it, like you know, <laughs> like so so it's something I still do." And then the, and, and 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 what this whole journey had brought was that like. Uh, it didn't cost me, you know, it cost me like a dollar or so to mail these envelopes, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think mailing these envelopes to people only cost me a dollar, but I feel like maybe the impact, like, I can leave, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, a digital positive uh, footprint mm-hmm. on the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really cost me that much. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it doesn't really cost me that much effort to to make a podcast. It really doesn't cost me that much effort. You know, like it, it, it's it, it, it's something that where you have a voice and and with social media and all this stuff, it doesn't cost that much effort to do these things. But you don't know who's listening. Uh, you don't know the the scope of your audience. Um, you know, I've had people tell me later on that they follow along with this stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like it's fun. It's been fun. So that's kind of how I got to the podcast, you know, a long roundabout way, but just trying different things. <laughs> I can confirm. I believe I was a uh, top five smartest powerlifter friends. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You're super smart. You always saw me dropping knowledge, man. Oh, and let me explain. I will explain the top five part. So everyone's going to be like, what am I in the top five? I'm number one, number two. Honestly, I don't even, that was just a joke because uh, when I was in undergrad, I went to China and I had a, I went to China for study abroad with JMU and I had this professor named Dr. Wong and he would rank everything. He'd be like, this is the top three panda base, like panda, like panda, you know, panda base, like, like where the pandas live. And I was like, how, there's three of these? Like, how do you rank these things? So he would rank everything. So when I got back to GMU, we would just rank everything. Like, this is the top three light beer that you, and, you know, and we would just say, so literally, you know, whoever got awards out there, you're number one in my heart. I just make up top five because it sounds funny <laughs> to me. Like, in my head, like, so, you know, like, like, I've had actually people, like, actually get mad and say, yo, like, when you said top five, which one is actual number one? Like I was like, don't worry, like that's a joke. It's, an <laughs> it's funny because even even in our our little like piloting group, the fam, we we posted yeah. like like videos to the Facebook group about and like crushed everyone else. Um, just because we're like, well, you, clearly you're not number one because I'm smarter than you or or whatever. So like, exactly, he's joking around. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It sparked yeah. a lot of great, great controversy in our, yeah. our little power, powerlifting family. Yeah, I don't remember. I just make up <laughs> saying like top. I said like random ones like top white white friends with a beard. Like <laughs> I had like more than like five white friends with a beard, so that kind of started some controversy there. You know, <laughs> but it was, you know, I just try to get specific just to let people know that like there's a special, unique part that they they share. But uh, yeah, all those five top fives with people out there, man. I'm just making a number up. You know, like, <laughs> I really don't have a ranking <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm not every day. There's no power ranking in my friendship. You know, I'll just make that up as I go along. <laughs> I think well, well, That's what was good. Dennis like uh, top top ten YouTube powerlifters or something like that. Yeah, yeah, top ten. Like I said, top five. I gave him five. A top five YouTube powerlifting <laughs> friends. And then someone was like, Max Shooting is number one. It was like that. Like, 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 so, so we're like, <laughs> someone was trying to. Trying to tease him. And then I think Ethan was was like Virginia yeah. Tech, I think. I think I said something about Tech. And Ray, I don't remember what I said about Ray. Yeah, counseling, school, school counseling, counseling friends or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I just make up stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know. That's awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting over here. Yeah. Like, I know this is a podcast, so you can't see my face, but I've got like the biggest smile on my face right now just listening to the story and how it like transpired. Uh, it's, it just fills me with like so much joy to hear like that you're going the extra mile and like really taking in the time to like key into people and like just do something nice 
uh, for the way that the world is and everything is going on, it's just, it's very refreshing to see that, you know, someone's out there trying to spread this like light and energy uh, and, and goodwill out. It's cool. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I mean, for me, it, this sounds like I'm really dimin diminishing it, but like for me, it wasn't that big a deal. It was just fun mm -hmm. and it's funny. Mm -hmm. And it was like something I like to mm -hmm. do, but um, you know, you know, I've, I've learned that sometimes things have a more serious impact. You know, like I've, I've, these are crazy stories, but I've given an ill fill award to someone, like just mailed it to them, and they'll hit me up and say, you know, you didn't know this, but my grandfather just passed away, and that was something I needed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, R really? Like, and that diminishes, like, it shows, I really want people to know, like, even with the podcast, like, that you guys are doing is that, you know, with you, you, you there is a true mindset that you got to go through life and carry yourself uh, in a way that no, knowing that you have an impact on other people, whether you know it or not. And so carry that responsibility in a sense that like, you know, when you open a door for someone or, or say, how are your day or something like that, you don't know in a minuscule way that how powerful that can be. So I try to tell people that just everyday people have the power, the impact to make a difference. Um, and it doesn't have to be crazy. Like you don't have to be, uh, you know, the, the most famous motivational speaker. You don't have to be like Martin Luther King or speak in front of thousands of people to make a difference, you mm -hmm. know? So that, that's something that's kind of like something I learned through this, like just sending awards and being nice to people. It's like, you don't have to have this huge platform to do something. Just do do what feels good, do what you know is right, and you don't know the impact that you have on others. Because, like, it could be years down the line, you can realize that, like, that client that you helped in PT, you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't know that just by helping them get back to their quality of life, you helped them get back to work. And they got, like, you know, they helped them with their income or something like that, or you helped them get back to their passion of lifting or something like that. So, you know, that's just kind of... My little two cents on it's that. like that uh, that age old uh, I guess metaphor of everyone being a drop in a pond, right? But even the smallest mm -hmm. of drops can make pretty large ripples and waves. Hmm. Exactly. Was that there, was that John? Like the drop somewhere here can make a tsunami yeah. somewhere else. I feel Something like there's like probably like fifty or sixty oh, different oh. versions of that little thing, but. Oh um, man, it's all water and tsunamis. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Running streams, you know. But, but it, so that's kind of, and I'm glad that I'm glad that like that story because like I don't know. I've I, I told you know, people, you know, you, you're hearing this for the first time. That makes me happy to hear that. But you know, um, it's been fun. It's just funny to me that like, sometimes too. On the flip side, doing things that you love not taking yourself so seriously, putting yourself out there, embarrassing yourself. Dare to be bad. Um, you know, it's not that serious. It's not that serious, man. It's just have good, be happy, have fun, <laughs> you know? You know? Yeah. And like I say, like helping others too doesn't have to be that serious too. You can have fun with mm -hmm. it. So I don't know. Crack jokes, you know? That's my thing. But yeah, that's that's the Ill Phil Awards and that's how it got me to podcasting, you know? Uh, it's a... I, it's, it's a weird, windy road, but it got me here. That's awesome. <laughs> what would you say uh, has been like one of your most memorable experiences since uh, everything that you've been doing? You said this started in 2015, right? So you've been doing this for a little bit. Yeah, May 2015. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, May 20, because it, no, I'm so slow. It's May 2016. It's been okay. a year. So 2016. So, so apologize. Scratch that out or whatever. Um, but um, um, there's lots of memorable moments. Um, you know, obviously it's been a year and, and seeing that and um, I don't know. I guess I don't have like one because like when I, I can think of individual things that people have said to me, like, you know, like. One person said, I've never won anything. And I was like, this is not a contest. I just sent you an award. But someone told me I've never won an award before. And I was wow. like, you didn't win anything. You're just my friend. I said, give you something. <laughs> and I, I told him that, too. I was like, you didn't really win anything. You're just a good person, man. Just be mm -hmm. yourself. Um, that's one. There's, like, individual stories. That's one. Like I said, the one that really hit me was one where I just sent it to him. I didn't know his what his life was going like. And literally... It literally arrived the day after his grandfather passed away. Um, just kind of like spoke to me that like, like you never know your actions and when thing when people need you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, um, not to say like you know, it's still it, 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 it was a nice gesture to something to, to uplift him even when he was really having a hard time that day. Um, that was one that stuck with me very, very, very well. Um, Oh, people giving me ones. That's been pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I have them framed. I haven't put them up yet, but people gave me the best neighbor award or something like that. The, the, you know, the little Sam. Like, I have a, uh, I have some good friends, the Hardmans. Their kid gave me one, like the little Sammy award or something like that. And that's been really nice to like be on the receiving end of something like that. But um, th th those are probably some memorable moments. Um, I will say that. Uh, one of the things that it has helped me helped me do um, is, um, like I said, getting to the podcast part, it's helped me work on my speaking and, and being comfortable. Uh, I, I like to talk, but realizing talking in front of it has helped me with my public speaking. So I think the Ill Phil Awards has also helped me with my, with my speaking and public speaking stuff. Um, but... I think the, I think the most memorable. There's there's so many memories. There. It's been a year of them, so I, I can't really locate like one particular one. There's there's a bunch of them. Yeah, hard to narrow down for sure. That's awesome that it's just had had such a positive response though. Like it's that's so cool, and I I love that. You know, like what you mentioned before, like to you it, it wasn't it wasn't really that big of a deal, right? Like it was maybe a couple bucks to send out some envelopes, just to recognize people that that meant something to you. But, you know, that impact and that, <clears throat> excuse me, just like how, how you've touched people unknowingly is just, is just really awesome. And I think it goes to show you that, just like you said, those little small acts of kindness that, that really don't take any extra effort from you, but just that little gesture like, hey, how's your day? Can I hold the door open for you? Um, you know, just smiling at people can change their whole day and their whole perspective on what's going on. And I think that that kind of echoes into mm -hmm. the rehab world. You talked a little bit about it with PT, about everyone being mm -hmm. positive and kind and, you know, creating a very like um, welcoming therapeutic environment for you. But even just like, you know, Mike, if we're working, working with patients, like <clears throat> I don't want to be grumpy. I don't want to like be mad at someone. I want to like put a smile on and, and be invested in them and, try to create a, a good environment for them to, to work in. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, and I would just say because not only do you helping us, you're helping people, but like, I would also say like, you, it's it's also a representation of the field. Um, you guys are going to be representations of the industry, and so like I said, like I have a positive, I have a positive viewpoint of physical therapy as an entire, um, entire industry because of a few people. So like you know like people say oh PT was a waste of time da 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 like no because like because of a few represented representatives of that industry right now I have a uh, positive outlook on that whole industry so like it, it kind of charges everyone especially you you young clinicians going into the field with that responsibility that you know that um, when you're working with people that you are creating or shaping their perception of a, of that industry or you're, sh you're shaping their, that perception of that service um, because after they leave with you, they're going to say, okay, my, my PT experience was very, very helpful, you know, and uh, I recommend, you know, if you're working for a certain company, they'll recommend your company that you're working for. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to, you know, there was days where I didn't want to send ill fill awards or I was in a bad, I was in a bad mood. But what put me in a better mood was the fact that I was doing something to put someone else in a better mood. So, you know, it's kind of like what you, you know, not every day, like not every day am I, you know, positive Phil and all this. I had crappy days too, but, you know, it's like sometimes you got to put that face on because you know that the face that you put on is going to be seen by other people and it, it might be helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a part of something uh, bigger than just yourself. And so, you know, yeah, what you, how you interact with everyone can have an impact. And like, if we're sticking with this water analogy, you can create ripples. Uh, through, yeah. <laughs> water. 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 Don't, you guys are giving me PTSD. You give me PTSD because that's, that's what my life is every day right now. It's just like walking around and NFL players going, water. Yo, give me some water. Hey, big boy, can I get some water? And I'm just like. Uh, but <laughs> they, don't, they, they ask for water, they don't ask for the well, Gatorade. I mean, it, some people, they're, I, I've learned at this point who wants what, but yeah, I mean, they just <laughs> water. Oh, yeah, man. no, but it's a great analogy. Just, just all the water, <laughs> young. I have like a stick now, just like every time I hear someone yell the word water, I'm just gonna like, like shake a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But what you, one of the things you just said, Phil, kind of reminded me of, um, uh, I think it's probably something I've seen on a motivational poster with like, like I don't know, like a field or a mountain behind it. But it's, it's like, <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Integrity is what you do when no one's looking. Oh, yes, yes. And so yes. just what you were talking about, like, you know, you're going to have bad days. But just putting on that face and just trying to keep going and making sure that you, because you, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know the impact that you're going to have mm -hmm. on, you know, countless people that you're going to pass on the street or somebody that you're going to randomly encounter in the clinic or you, you don't know who you're going to meet. So if you can just try to adapt that positivity or in Sam Spinelli's case, throwback to episode two, uh, unrelenting positivity mm -hmm. all the time. Right. Mm hmm. You don't have to be Canadian to be positive. You can, everybody, everybody can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you could be a random black guy from uh, <laughs> Burke, Virginia. Three positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, also I, I would say this too. Like anything else, um, like okay, there's physical training and there's mental training. Um, and what this has taught me too, I'm a, I, I, I got a master's in counseling. Um, so it's kind of like what you call it. It's almost like a a, 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 a way of. Um, You've heard of CBT? A CBT? Have you ever heard of that no. phrase before? Mm -mm. Cognitive, cognitive behavioral uh, therapy or training, mm -hmm. whatever. I don't know if the T. I can't. Sorry, sorry, I murdered this counseling, guys. But um, <laughs> cognitive behavioral training means thoughts and cognitions lead to behaviors, right? So, therefore, if you train your mind to have positive thoughts, not negative defeating thoughts it is it it, it 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 will affect your behavior so if you already constantly think about yourself not doing it or negative thoughts or or self-defeating thoughts then it's going to exhibit your behavior you're going to you're going to what's self-fulfilling prophecy so um with that being said the mind is a powerful tool which which you need to to train like anything else like you know you train your muscles to get stronger you 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 exercise your mind um in a sense that you you force yourself to to put yourself in a positive uh mindset now does this mean you ignore that there's bad things that happen or you put on this fake smile no but you look at even negative situations and you approach it with with the mindset of what lessons will i learn from this negative situation how can i overcome this negative situation what can i what do I have control over? What 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 power do I have mentally to address this situation? Because obviously things are still out of your control. You can't control everything, but you can control your mind. Um, so with that going out, like you go out in the day and you say, you know what? No matter what happens, today will be a decent day. I'll learn something from it. And then you'll have your car will break down or, or you'll, you know, your dog will run away or crap in the house or something like that. But then you'll just clean up the crap in your house or you'll fix your car. And you'll say my day, my day was still pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So, um, it, it's all a matter of mental training, and that's I think that's another thing that that I've learned through all this is that like, um, is that you know, call it fake it till you make it, or you know, being fake positive or whatever you want people want to, patrons want to call it. Like, I think generally, I'm in a better mind state now than I was ever in my entire life. Um, and not because I'm richer or my life's any better. It's that my viewpoint on it is a little bit better. You know, like I'm looking at things and say, okay, there's some good things going on. Um, and I think that's all, nothing really, nothing's really changed outside of my life. Like I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm not super rich, but um, I think I just look at each day a little bit better. You know, like this is my highlight of my day. You know, like, okay, I don't pretty funky day or not, you know, um, but I'm, I'm gonna be on a podcast, you know, like you find a way to look at like, <laughs> you find a way to look at something to, 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 to be positive about. And, and that's all mental training. Um, and it's, it's something that you can get better at, you know, something that you can train. Your mind it's interesting to. that you bring up like cognitive behavioral therapy and all that, because one of the big things that's, um, kind of getting a lot of steam and has been becoming a larger and larger part of both like our didactic courses and just like general PT is um, <clears throat> like chronic pain. And one of the big things with chronic pain mm -hmm. is we're 
the profession as a whole and like the, our scientific, you know, understanding of what's going on is moving more towards like that a lot of that is more um, is driven by like psychology and like how how you're approaching mm-hmm. your belief system and your your understanding of how pain works in the body and um, that <clears throat> a lot of times you can even just by talking with someone and explaining like that you know simple things like that pain itself is just an output from the brain right pain doesn't have to mean that you mm-hmm. you have tissue damage because we've got in it, the the way the brain works right if you touch a hot stove you're getting you're getting like sensory input in your body right so those neurons are firing they're sending a signal mm-hmm. to the brain the brain has to determine okay this is this is bad this is painful or no this is fine this is just a normal mm-hmm. stimulus right what what can get kind of complicated is when you start having these like you change your you have these like set in stone belief systems um and or like stress or you know kind of like negative thoughts or positive thoughts all those things can kind of fluctuate how we perceive mm-hmm. pain and how we interpret pain in you know in our, in our lives and so this like pain experience that we have especially if it's someone who's had chronic pain for like long periods of time can be very much driven by your state of mind so if you have a negative outlook right if you kind of catastrophize if you're you're very fear avoidant you're afraid to move because you think that you know by moving you're going to hurt hurt your body even more. Um, that that can lead to things like cortisol release in the body, like stress hormones, um, which can cause some sort of like crazy cascade physiologically in the body that leads to basically like more pain, right? Whereas if you have more of a positive outlook and you start to look at things that you know with more of like a internal locus of control, right? So not that like all these horrible things are happening to you. But like what you said before, you know, yeah, there's some stuff going on, but I can change it or I can control what I can control and who cares about whatever else is going on. And so by just like having more of a positive mindset, that whole like world of pain can become less complicated and and just not as big of a thing as if you have a, a negative mindset. And, and I know that that's like not super scientific and kind of just like spitballing a bunch of stuff, <laughs> but um, without citing a million articles and trying to have some really, really more intelligent and smart people on here to, to actually explain the mechanisms, like that, that's what we're working with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I, I totally get that because, um, you know, I mean, this is another thing I need to get back to when I was had more free time was I was meditating mm-hmm. and meditating during my PT. And I, f- I was just feeling naturally better overall. And I think, and I don't know, I'm not no super hippie or whatever. I would literally just sit there with my, my legs crossed and listen to like, I look, I found like a, a Chinese, what's it called? Like Chinese medicine uh, meditation playlist on my iPhone. <laughs> and like literally I just do the most random stuff. I don't know how, this, I mean, but, but the point is um, I naturally had a better, I felt better. Um, and so like sometimes I like to do things like little mini experiments on myself. And I totally agree with that, that mindset. I mean, I think that um, obviously you're not going to be magically cured um, by just thinking positive, but I think that you, you know, like you, I, I do say, if you, if you keep on saying, oh, my life sucks, I'm, I hurt, I hurt, I hurt, um, 
you're probably yeah. gonna hurt because <laughs> you're thinking that because you're thinking you're hurt. Um, and I'd be curious to see if they did experiment on people that like if they read a mantra every day or something like. I, I wonder like like my key point is I've seen I've seen my I've seen people like my father-in-law go through you know chemo and radiation, um, but I've seen when I say that I've seen his outlook on it and his attitude toward it where it didn't really defeat him and when i say that i mean he's he's in remission now he does really well i definitely attribute that a lot of his mindset his mindset and his support from from others and and positive interactions with other people around him and and the way he, he addressed it may have had an impact on his recovery i don't know i, I just kind of thought of that just now and I think about that too with my my neck thing. I think I think there is some validity to that. And I think that I don't know if there's a study about it, but I wonder if they did a variable where same people, same diagnoses, and the way they approached it, or they did some like meditation or something like afterwards. I wonder if they could like like quantify recovery time because I I definitely do agree that the state of your mind does you know like you're you're. Your body, uh, there's always, like, for me, I, I've noticed this. what's, like, you know how people get so stressed that they start feeling it mm-hmm. in their body? You know, like, um, physiological things, like, you know, if they're so stressed, they, got, they mm-hmm. get stomach aches, right? So that, that's the negative side. You see that work. So I wonder if on the flip side, when people are not stressed, I wonder if they feel better. I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it does. Yeah, I believe sure that. I mean, that's, like, the whole factor is about talking about, like, hardiness and ability to cope. Um, you know, and being able to, to wash off some of those like negative thoughts and things that kind of come your way and being able to kind of like repel some of that stuff and just being like able to shake it off. If we're going to quote Taylor Swift here. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so Phil, yeah, so little yeah, do you oh. know that Mike's taking his, uh, sports psychology class right now. So things like okay. that. Thought stopping and so, all sorts so of like psychology. techniques for like coping with like negative thoughts and stuff are probably in several of his homework assignments that he's working right. on right now. Yeah. So like not saying you're a loser. <laughs> you know, I heard, uh, you know, like don't tell a guy after he throws an interception that he's a loser. Positive thinking. Sports <laughs> Compliment sandwich. Compliment sandwich. That was a good try. It was a horrible throw. But the important thing is that you tried. Right? You get it next time. There you go. You get it next time. Uh, no, I mean, it's, you know, like, let me ask you, like, I know that this is like you're supposed to be driven, but now, what made you think, of, you know, obviously going back to it, uh, I, I want to hear because I'm, I'm your guest, but what made y'all think about doing a podcast uh, again? I just kind of want to hear that real just quick. Just like what yeah. got us into it? Um, yeah, I think it has to do with the fact that we failed at a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that sounds bad, but like if we didn't fail at trying to produce like YouTube content and like get our names out there and, you know, our, our goal initially back, this was January of this year, I was down in Pensacola mm-hmm. Mike was okay. finishing up his second or was actually just starting his second semester, or second year of PT. Mm-hmm. 
And I was learning all this cool stuff at Exos, like different kettlebell movements and stuff like that. And I was trying to like send him videos and like communicate like, hey, you know, this is what I'm learning. I think you could use this in clinic, um, you know. And <laughs> so I, I started recording, you know, just some like little things on my iPhone or whatever. And then we had talked about, you know, kind of like building a brand and, and doing something on social media. And um, we came up with, you know, the idea for the movement docs. And we were like, all right, well, a bunch of the people that I knew from clinical athlete were already on Instagram. So we're like, all right, well, let's do, let's do YouTube. Let's do like a, a student run, like YouTube, you know, clinical exercise library thing. And we made mm -hmm. one video. <laughs> And that was, I believe, released on January 15th, 15th of, of this year, 2017. Yeah. And since then, we have shot a bunch of stuff. Like, we've taken a bunch, I've got a bunch of pictures of, like, exercises and stuff like that. We have a good amount of content, but because of, like, clinicals and school and everything else, it just, it wasn't really feasible for us to get together to shoot video all the time. And then to have to edit it and move stuff around, mm. and so I don't, I, I don't know what sparked it, but I do remember having conversations with Mike this summer, going like, "Dude, I, we should do a podcast because mm. that format would be something that was easier for us to be able to do in separate places, right? Because he's going to be going down to Pensacola um, mm. <laughs> at the start of next year. I don't know where I'm going to mm. be." I could be in Virginia. I could be in, in like mm. Europe. I could be in Spain or Florida. Who knows? But having a medium like this where we can still, um, you know, share ideas, create content, try to learn and grow ourselves, mm. you know, even regardless of who listens to it and if anybody actually gets something positive or something, you know, they learn something from what we're talking about and are kind of like ramblings. Um, but <laughs> at, at the end of the day, if it's just the, the three of us that are benefiting from this conversation, like we're going to grow. And so kind of like using that um, as the premise for our podcast, like we're going to do something to help students and clinicians in theory, but also kind of help ourselves and, and serve as a way that we can kind of track our progress and see how our thoughts change as we develop into clinicians. Um, and then hopefully from this grow into YouTube content and, you know, whatever else website, and maybe even down the road of business. Um, but I mean, that's my interpretation of it. Mike, do you have, do you have anything? What's your version of the story? No, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I echo a lot of the same, the same thoughts in that regard. You know, this is, this has been a medium for us. That's been, you know, it's been very successful. Uh, you know, we have a chance where we can sit down together for, for an hour or so uh, and talk with some really cool people and, and have our minds exploded by some really cool perspective changes and all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, we tried with the YouTube stuff and like Jake said, we got one video and then didn't post anything else since. And, and uh, you know, this, this for us is it's easier to, to put stuff together and um, it's been fun, you know, like we've, we've really had a chance to, to grow and that's been cool. And we've had opportunities to speak with really cool people like yourself and, and, and all of that. And so, yeah, where it goes from here, uh, I guess we'll see, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of growing up. Rolling yeah, with it. You like, you like me, Brandon. <laughs> awesome. No, that's, I mean, hey, kind of like the same same level. You never know. I think that this is a great medium. I think you guys are doing a great job. I really enjoy listening to your episodes. And I think that this is this is something uh, I think you guys are really going to have an impact on, on the PT world with this. 
So, you know, keep a, keep an eye out. Shout outs to you guys, man. I think this is great. I just kind of wanted to know how y'all got into it. Like, can honestly, I'm going to be like 100% like real deal. I, I don't, I think everyone gets in the podcast uh, the most random ways. And then once they do it, it's like, fun. <laughs> but like, we're like, 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 I think our, our all our stories are similar. You know, like, you just kind of fall into it. That's so true. I mean, I tell, I tell Mike all the time, like, this is a for me. This is my last semester of uh, athletic training school, and I mean it's tough, man. Um, doing an internship in the NFL, the hours are, are long. You know, most days are ten to twelve hours. Um, weekends, at least Sundays, are gone. Uh, and so, my free time is kind of like sporadic. It's here and there, and then even lifting. Lifting has been such a big part of my life, and competing in powerlifting has been. A, I mean, I was talking to Mike. I called him at seven o'clock today, and was venting about that before I even got to my Uncle Jerry's house. Um, but, be, you know, because of the hours, like, I haven't I haven't been able to train. There's no competitions in the future. Like, there's days where I walk in the gym and it's like, I, I don't even I don't even know what to do, you know? And so this podcast, at least for me, has been very beneficial in being something that's, like, I look forward to, right? It, it, you know, even if I have a rough day, it's yeah. like, oh, I get to do, I get to hang out with Mike and whoever else for an hour or two hours. And just talk about fun stuff. So, mm -hmm. I, I, I it, even if it like like I said, even if it doesn't reach that many ears, even if nobody gets anything out of it, it helps us, and it can be something that that will help us grow and network with people and be exposed to different ideas and different topics, and just and just keep learning. So, mm -hmm. but that's it. Keep moving forward, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think we're I think we're running up to that that point of time in the show. We're getting here. Wait, wait, can we can we ask Phil one more question before we yeah. ask that one? Yeah, and let's just do because it. I, I want to take advantage of the fact that okay. you know he is someone who works in higher education. He does help with um, like transfer students, and I'm sure you've read applications. Um, so, Phil, is there anything okay. for all the students out there that are listening to our podcast? or even potential students that are thinking about applying to, you know, whether it's a PT program or a master's program, or e even just like, you know, high school kids trying to get into college. Do you have any tips and tricks or um, you know, maybe what are some things that you look at if you review an application? Okay, so let me be real deal. Um, as a transfer counselor for, particularly for my institution, transfer wise, it's a different animal. So mainly, uh, what we look at as a transfer student is if students took community college as the opportunity to get themselves together and they, you know, just pass their classes, um, have a 2.5 GPA and at least 30 credits. So I wouldn't use that. But now for high school students or other students, um, I would say that's when the GPA and clubs and activities make a difference. Um, now, I would just go from personal experience. Now, um, when you look at programs that you're interested in um, and, 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 and colleges, um, go beyond just name recognition. Go look for programs um, that have like a line with the skills and, 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 and the things that you want to do. Um, I remember you particularly saying, like, if you're not the strongest academically, look for programs that have interviews um, because I did this similar thing. I, when I went to grad school for Mason, I didn't have stellar grades in undergrad. Uh, you know, I had like a 3.2 GPA. But 
I realized that the counseling program at Mason had an opportunity uh, for an interview and they looked at non-tangible things like they asked about my work experience or working with kids and things like that. Um, and that was my opportunity to shine a little bit because I did well. I do well in interviews. I do well at least expressing myself beyond a piece of paper. Um, but if it is a school where it, it requires a piece of paper, make sure that you're just as authentic that you can be um, in your essays. You, you're, you're transparent. Um, I read essays where students, you know, are asked to like describe a difficult situation, and they pick like when their best friend was talking behind their back, like corny stuff like that. Like really try to think of a real scenario where it can express the writing prompts that 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 school is asking for uh, in an authentic, genuine way that is not like some story you'll just tell your friends, like one that actually conveys um, personal struggle or some kind of obstacle that you've gotten over. Um, that's one of my advice for the high school kids out there. Uh, get involved. Uh, try to do things beyond uh, a GPA um, because there's you know, not just to like join clubs, just to join a bunch of clubs, join things that are you're passionate about, involve yourself in things that you're passionate about, because those involvement in those extracurriculars uh, could be a way to express um, a well-rounded student, a well-rounded individual uh, uh, that has skills beyond just, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever your grades are. So those would be kind of my advice. Get involved. Uh, speak from the heart when you get in a writing prompt. Um, and if anything, if you're not the strongest student, it sounds bad to say, look for schools that have an, at least an interview opportunity because an interview opportunity will be a way for you to express yourself beyond a piece of paper. Um, and I, I appreciate programs that do that, actually, honestly, because I think that some people look good on paper, but they can be like, Trash bags, <laughs> like garbage. <laughs> Just because you got a 4.0 and uh, and smart as a whip, don't mm -hmm. mean you're going to be a good doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that you know, um, unless you're like a research doctor that stays behind a desk <laughs> and just does studies. But I, I've met, I've actually met a person where there were a doctor, and I was like, you are like a god awful person. Like you're a mean person. <laughs> Like, I don't think anyone would want to see you. Like, you call people oh. fat. To, you know, like, like, like you know, like, like, here's an example. Like, uh, you know, like, no bedside manner. Rather than say, you know, I think you should lose weight, you know, think about the health benefits. Just, they just call the <laughs> patients fat. You know, like, like, things like that. You know, like, you know, like, there's, there's, there's people, uh, there's people and there's opportunities to prove that you are competent, skilled, and worthy of, admissions beyond a piece of paper um, and I think you know if there's an opportunity to do that and those are good schools um, usually grad schools usually grad schools are more of the opportunities where they have an interview portion um, mm. you know and I, I think that you should look for those programs um, also just involve yourself if you are applying to grad school um, get involved in and undergraduate programs, get involved in your club and activities and build up skills. Um, so, and, you know, at least that can speak beyond just your A's, B's, and C's yeah. and D's, you know what I'm saying? No, well, obviously, if you're applying to grad school, you shouldn't have no C's I did. and D's. But, <laughs> I, I, yeah. But you also did a good thing where, 
I know knowing you and knowing how you can, like, that's why I call you my smartest powerlifting friends, is that your intelligence was beyond your grades. Uh, your intelligence was, you can express, like, I was like, man, Jacob is smart <laughs> as hell, man. And I knew that because of how you talk and how you, um, when you are invested in a subject, uh, you sound smart as hell <laughs> to me. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but the point is, not everyone needs to convey themselves in grades. I mean, I think that people can convey themselves in their intelligence in different ways. Um, so if you're not the strongest test taker or whatever, look for opportunities to convey your skills in different ways, at least the opportunity and in, in getting involved and also opportunities to like look for programs yeah. that do interviews. Um, that's like, there's lots of programs that do interviews in conjunction to great grades and stuff. You know, you can't be, you still got to do what you got to do in the classroom, but you know, That'd be my main advice in admissions. Also, do research. Know the school you want to do. And also, don't just blindly pick a school because of its reputation. Pick a school because of the programs that you like. So, like, I would tell students, make a list of what you want to do, not the school. Don't care about the school first. Go program first. Like, what do you want to study first? And then find the schools that match that program rather than school. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Kind of. You know? Like... I want to. I love history. I'm not going to just apply like apply to all the schools because they, they're schools in Virginia. I'm gonna look for ones that I know have good history programs, something like that. That's program first. Well Be said. program focused. All right, Mike. Now, now it's time for for our last question. Yes. So, Phil, this is a question that we ask all of our guests that come onto the show. So, we here at the Movement Docs, we believe, always believe in moving forward in everything that you do. So based on all of your previous experience and knowledge in life, love, the pursuit of happiness, what is one piece of advice yeah, <laughs> that you would give to anyone listening to this show to help them be the best version of themselves? Oh, man. Oh, uh, <laughs> drop of knowledge. Okay. So here's, here's here. And um, I think it's, it, this is just going to pull back to what we all automatically said um, with the Ilfil Awards. Um, moving forward, realize that as a person, individual, you have a personal responsibility to this world to make this world a better place. Um, with that being said, uh, you have an impact. Every single person on this world has an impact and has an opportunity to make a difference. Uh, that Making that difference doesn't have to be, um, as I said, groundbreaking, monumentous, you know, earth-shattering. Um, it could be whatever you feel comfortable doing, but just know that you have an opportunity to make a difference. So um, whether that's doing a little bit of community service, whether that's um, just helping your, your, your neighbor, helping your friends, helping a family member that needs help, um, realize that you have an impact on this, on this world and that you have the power to make a difference and that the things that you do uh, is not insignificant. Uh, everything that you do has a tangible uh, ripple effect on others, big and small. So my biggest advice moving forward is just carry that responsibility with you every day. Uh, carry it, um, you know, carry it in a sense that, you know, be nice to other people, treat other people well, golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated because that impact, that responsibility uh, will make a difference. You'll, you, 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 as an individual, make a difference. I love that. 
Yeah, that, that was was very profound. I, I think it's interesting too because yeah. um, a lot of times when we ask that question, we get like little snippets of advice, like almost like buzzwords. But in this case, you instead of giving like a you know like a be positive or you know just because Gerard's on my mind, you know macro patience and um, what's the other one micro micro, micro speed. speed. Can't believe I forgot that. Sorry, Gerard. Um, you were, you just hit us with a responsibility. You're like, you're like, don't, here's, there's no like fancy quote or buzzwords or whatever that I can give you. It's, it's like you have a responsibility to this world. And I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's, <laughs> hey. like I said, I, mean, I, I just make this stuff. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> you know, as I go along, but it, it, like I said, like I said, I don't take myself too seriously. Just you know, I like when people are, like, like. Here's another point. Like I like when people are nice to me, so I try to be nice to other people. <laughs> no, honestly, we're all just living, and we just want to be treated well. And you know, if you want to be, if you want to be treated well, then you got to treat other people well. You can't. You can, you don't deserve. You don't deserve good treatment if you're not putting it out. Love it. I don't know. You know, yeah. You know, I I want to say something too. Like last last point is that, uh, as I said earlier, uh, your voice matters. This this podcast that you guys are doing uh, matters. Um, you know, the field that you're going into matters. Um, we need people like you. Uh, like I said, optimistic, hopeful, young, um, energetic, and 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 positive people that work on other people. As I said earlier, um, you know, as physical therapists uh, and athletic trainers or whatever, um, you're not just healing people and doing a, a job in that sense. You're also, um, you know, making people's lives better. So that's, that's it's, and I would say it means a lot to me because like I said, I've had really positive interactions with my physical therapist. So hopefully you have a charge to continue to do such. And, and, you know, I think that this is also a good voice to, for young people that are interested in the field to listen to. So <laughs> shout out to you guys. Uh, and, and I'm gonna plug everything, you know, like, like I said, you know, once this podcast is released, I'm I'm dropping this on my positive filter <laughs> website and all that stuff, man. I want you guys to I really want your voice to be out there and I want I, I definitely think that you guys have oh, something you. worth saying. Oh thank you so much for that. Phil, we, we really can't take you thank you enough for taking the time to be on our show and, and, and you know, spending time with us and dropping some knowledge bombs and all of this and uh, we'll we'll be blasting your name too uh, right back because <laughs> we think you have a lot of great things that uh, that you say as well that that the world needs to hear and I know we've got like four people that listen to our show maybe we're up to six now but uh, we'll we'll still blast it out. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got more than six. You got like me. You count yeah, me the six. Five six. <laughs> okay. Phil, Phil you're, the, you're the top six best uh, podcast six. listener friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Take that. So, if if anybody wants to get a hold of you, uh, what's the best way that they can contact you and kind of follow you? Okay. Um, so I do have a, a positive filter Facebook page. I have a positive filter Instagram. So these are all positive filter. Um, the filter is spelled P H 
I L T R. Nice. Play off my name. <laughs> Funny. Um, <laughs> uh, so the Instagram, Facebook, um, and then that's pretty much it, really. Um, I know you're including your show notes. I have a website, but it's kind of whack right now. I need to work on it. Uh, so, so my my Facebook page is my main thing, my main avenue where I accept uh, uh, messages and questions and things like that. Sometimes I do Q and A episodes. So, if you have a question for the podcast, I definitely like I love questions, and uh, we'll do a Q and A episode. So, um, but yeah. Instagram positive filter, Facebook positive filter. Perfect. That's and we'll definitely be sure to put those in the show notes so anybody that is interested can get a hold of you and all that fun jazz. So, again, Phil, we can't thank you enough. And thanks again for everybody that tuned in this week where we spoke to Phil Wilkerson from the Positive Filter Podcast. Very punny. I like that. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email at tmdmovementdocs at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.